Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Two quick things. Please make sure you download the app, the Veritas app. You'll have access to all of our station's content. Share that with your friends. And if you like what Joe and I do, we're all over social media. We are particularly building up rumble and twitter so wherever you see us uh, you know help us out but primarily on rumble and twitter we'd really appreciate that today we're going to have a, a a rollicking conversation we know with our paisan good friend great catholic Teresa tamio and we are going to discuss barbie and i think the best way to put this is don't be inspired by barbie be inspired by the blessed mother uh but don't be inspired by barbie and we're gonna break that down because joe joe Rossinello, everything is barbie 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 i was i was saying to myself the last time i heard barbie is when my little sister went crazy in 1985 because my mother bought her the barbie dream pool uh, i was like <laughs> barbie i didn't even think barbie existed anymore let me just interject i was i was filling up my tank with gas and the radio was on the name Barbie now is being reintroduced to children being born. Wow. Believe it or not, I heard that on the radio. So much. The, culture, the cultural <laughs> influence of Barbie. Everybody out there at our audience knows Teresa Tamio. Let me just brief bio. She is an author, syndicated Catholic talk show host, motivational speaker with more than 30 years of experience in TV, radio, and newspaper. She has her morning radio program, Catholic Connection, which is co-produced by Ave Maria Radio in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. It's heard in over five hundred Catholic radio stations worldwide and on Sirius Satellite Radio. In 2019, she opened her own Italy travel consultation company. We love it, of course. Tease Italy, travelitalyexpert.com. Teresa has written more than 10 books as an international speaker where she addresses media awareness, activism, as well as sharing her reversion to the Catholic Church. She resides in southeastern Michigan with her husband, Deacon Dominic Pastor. Teresa, welcome back to the show. Hey, ciao, guys. Great to talk to you again. Absolutely. This is, and Joe's right. I mean, there's no exaggeration. You know, all of our conversations we like to think are pretty good, Teresa. Uh, this <laughs> one's going to really be really good. Joe Resinello, where do you want to start? We'll just start with a quick prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided, inspired by this confidence. We fly into you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful, mother of the word incarnate, despise none of petitions, but in your clemency here and answer us amen name of the father amen. son holy spirit amen well this is important and and i just want to like bridge the conversation with this you know as catholics we have to talk about the culture this is right. a culture um and it's important and that's why we're talking about it um that's point one so let's talk about the movie itself Teresa. give us a little background on it i know you saw it we've had a little back and forth before we you know kind of met today um because the movie's taking the country by storm 
Yeah. Well, and the worldwide storm, actually, it's over a billion dollars worldwide, which is huge. And so the director, Greta Gerwig, is the one who was uh, very involved in the remake of Little Women a few years ago. And she actually started in the film, which I thought that movie was was actually pretty good. So I actually dragged my deacon husband with me to see the film. I said to him, you know, this is a cultural thing. So as a deacon, you also, and he is, but I said, you know, come with me and let's talk about this from a male-female perspective. And we went to the matinee so we could save a little money. Plus, we're both over 60, so we got the scene your discount I to admit it but it yeah you know, i didn't think it was all that bad i would give it probably on a scale of one to ten maybe a five or a six what i did think that was cute it was it was um a very bright movie it was a very for me very girly brought back memories of when i was a child playing with my barbie dolls and i'm a doll collector i've been collecting dolls since i was 10 years old not barbies but different types of dolls from all over the world and a lot of madame alexander dolls anybody who knows anything about dolls knows madame alexander's but so I enjoyed that aspect of it. You know, I'm a girly girl, as you can see with my with my bling. I thought it was it was well produced. I think the acting was good. The two, you know, really good actors and the main actors, and of course uh, America Ferrara. But the thing that I really thought was helpful was right away you get this idea that here's Barbie, this Barbie, that Barbie. You know, all different shapes and sizes living in supposedly this perfect world, and we find out fairly quickly that Barbie Land as perfect as it seems, is not really all that perfect. So right away, to me, it came off with a lot of Catholic messages. So maybe I look at everything as we, you guys do too, because we look at everything through the lens of scripture and the teachings of the Catholic church. But I thought that was interesting because the messaging wasn't like we have to stay in this perfect world. The message is we have to go into the real world and deal with real life. So I thought that message was, was solid and that she found herself searching and when she got into the real world, she realizes what life is about eventually. Now, on the other end of the spectrum was the fact that there's a lot of male bashing. And my husband picked that up right away. And I didn't think they had to make the points with so much male bashing. But overall, I thought it was okay. It wasn't um, as horrible as I thought. But at the end of the day, I still think the bottom line is to get our messages always from the church and the Blessed Mother and not from culture, but for people who don't have a religious background and are just going to the movie for fun, I think it did have a lot of messages that can be connected to Catholicism and how we view the world as well. Theresa Tommy is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. I, I always thought that is like Joe and I say on the show all the time, Teresa, that if you, particularly when you're Catholic, you have the grace of the sacraments. Obviously, the right. grace is the most important thing. But one of the benefits of the of the grace, I'm sure, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit that the, you know I'm overlooking. The way I look at it is, your eyes are wide open. We could see anything, anything, right. even the biggest Hollywood's biggest piece of trash movie. Okay, that's being propped up out there because our eyes are open. We could look at it through our Catholic lens and recognize it for what it is. What I like about what you just said was, though, you, you see, what you showed is because I know a lot of people out there, particularly on the right, they're going to need your, in a knee-jerk way, maybe bash Barbie. Now, I'm going right. to, full disclosure, I didn't see it, all right? I might be one of those guys that turns around and just bashes it, okay? But what I like about what, you, what you're doing, you're objective about it. You're trying right. to you're trying to grab something good out of it, even though it is Hollywood, and we always always have to be careful. But that's my larger point is that, you know, when, when you have the Holy Spirit, when you have the grace, None of this stuff really 
overwhelmingly affects you when we can look at things a little bit more objectively. You know where I'm going with that, Teresa? Yeah. Well, and, and I think, too, that obviously I'm not going to go see something that um, is R-rated or something that is pornographic or that goes against our faith. But there are a lot of Catholic um, movie critics weighing in on this film. I'm not a movie critic, critic, but I am on the air every day and I address cultural issues. So I thought it was important for me to see it. Just like The Sound of Freedom, which I still haven't been able to get tickets to because it's been sold out in our area. Yeah. That's the movie I want to see as well. But I think as, as Catholics, and, and the church is, is so incredible in terms of her teaching on art and culture, it wants us to be out there and it wants us to be able to express messages in different ways. Everything doesn't always have to be let's say from scripture, I mean, I could, I love to quote scripture and Catholic teaching all day long, but all truth comes from God. And the truth that came out in this film is that you first start out with this, this, you know, woman's run world where the women are in charge of everything in Barbie land. The woman is a president, president is a woman, the Supreme Court are all women, all the big business leaders are women. And the Ken dolls are all alike and they're just boy toys. And then Ken gets frustrated because Barbie, the main Ken and Barbie, he's, she's not paying attention to him. So he turns the tables on Barbie land and makes it Kendom. And the message from the movie is that neither extreme is good. So this whole idea of patriarchy with men controlling women and the other idea with radical feminism controlling men, both of those extremes are given a negative view. So to me, I thought that was, again, there were some positive messages there. It was kind of silly. It was a little bit funny at some points. But I think if you're looking at the film objectively, as I try to do, you can walk away with some with some messages about the real world and that what the real world has given us is far from perfect. And there's a monologue in there that was really powerful from America Ferrara, who plays the secretary in the film to the president of Mattel. And she's talking to Barbie of how it's so difficult to be a woman today. And I have a copy of that. If you want to get into that a little bit later, I printed up the monologue. So, but overall, I think when you come to that things from a Catholic perspective, you're coming at it from the, the, the view of beauty, the beautiful, the true, and the good. And I do think there were some good messages in this film. Where, you know, was it worth the money? As I said, I saved some money on the tickets. I don't know. It was it was okay. It wasn't too bad. I do think people, again, going to see it are going to, in some way, shape, or form, realize that the world isn't all it's cracked up to be, which I think is a good message. Teresa Tommyo joining us here at the bit. front line. Oh, sorry, Please Joe. Go. go ahead, Joe. No, no, go, go ahead. Uh, because that's true. Um, but that's not how Hollywood usually portrays things. The world mm. isn't perfect and no one is perfect. And I think when you go into basic anything with that idea, uh, you're disappointed for one. And also right. sometimes it could lead to depression because you hold yourself up to a higher standard. That's point one. We could explore that. But another thing you mentioned, which I think is bad, is portraying men and your husband picked up on that almost like idiots right like, that is something that's been going on from al bundy through hollywood you see that's a bad thing because we live in a fatherless society and this is not even a comment from a catholic perspective this is a sociological right. perspective exactly when a man is not in the house it makes a big difference like families fall apart <laughs> A man, when a man is the priest of the family, the likelihood that the children continue to be Catholic is exponentially higher. And, mm -hmm. and sadly, Hollywood, the media portray men as drunken idiots sitting on the couch, doing nothing, have nothing to basically put into like the comments of the family. They're led around by their nose. And I think that's very harmful for America, 
and for our children. Um, and that's a bad message. I do like the message that things are not perfect because to be honest with you, I always say to my wife, don't be fooled. You don't know what goes on inside of people's houses. Right. People try to come across this way, that way, all the time, everything. How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Oh, you're great. Yes, I know. I know. Everybody's great. Um, sometimes I'm not great. You know, like, like life isn't perfect. I'm not perfect. That's a great message. Talk about the two, because I think both are very important. Well, my husband picked up right away uh, as a man, obviously, that there was too much mail bashing going on. And I agree, totally agree with that. I don't think they had to do that much mail bashing in order to get the points across. I think it could have been done uh, a little differently. And also the, the women, when they were portrayed, the Barbie dolls were all pretty much perfect and in these perfect positions and, and perfectly coiffed and dressed. And sometimes the guys came off kind of goofy. And in my first book, Noise, I did a lot of research on how men are portrayed. And even in sitcom land and repeat land, that we think about a really funny show, which was a funny sitcom, Everybody Loves Raymond. Now, the three of us can relate to that because it's about an Italian family from the East Coast. So they got the Italian thing down pretty well but the men every single man in that sitcom with the exception of maybe robert but he he was portrayed you know the older brother as, as a doofus a lot of the time so even raymond even though he was successful a successful sports columnist his character he was portrayed as someone who really had very little interest in the children was only interested in his sexual relationship with his wife took her for granted and that show was was a very popular show and the writing was very good but again and then Frank, the father, right, the grandfather, all three men, the main characters in that show, which was very popular, were portrayed as you just described. And then you think of another show that was based in New York that was very popular, The King of Queens, the same thing, the main character of, of the man, right? The, the, the wife was the smart one. She did everything. And the man was just kind of just kind of went to work and came home and sat on the couch, drank beer, went out with his buddies. And so that was, I think, really overemphasized in the film. And again, I didn't think that was necessary. Toward the end of the movie, Barbie does realize that she took Ken for granted. But I didn't think there was enough balance in terms of, you know, we not only took you for granted, but we didn't realize that you have a lot of worth as well. There, the message came across that at the end of the day, both extremes are bad. But I think there could have been a stronger message in terms of the male bashing. That was way, way over the top. And I, I also like want to talk about, Joe, just like for a second. Go, like, go, 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 go. You're a professional person. You worked in the public sector. I work in the public you know, sector. And basically, you deal with people who make a lot of money, who mm -hmm. are highly educated. And I'm speaking now as a Catholic. They don't know what marriage is, Teresa. Like, mm -hmm. like I, this is my experience. I went to Catholic school, some of my own peers. Um, I have five kids. I do okay, you know, in terms of financially. Let's just put it this way. I could support five children. Um, I work with people that make exponentially more than me. And when I had my fifth child, they thought I was crazy. <laughs> like crazy. They could support 12 children, many of these people. You're crazy. Why do I say they don't know what marriage is? Marriage is the giving of oneself till we're empty. That is what marriage is. It's not 50% and 50%. It's 100%. I am emptying myself. I am living for my spouse and she is living for me. We are giving to our of ourselves completely and totally to each other and to our children we are here to provide for them what they need not necessarily what they want and what's left over we are here to help others 
That's what marriage is. Mm-hmm. Who in America thinks about marriage like that? I used to give the pre-Cana talks at my, I would look at people. I know what they want. The minute they're getting married, what's the goal of your marriage? I would say the goal is to get rich. I want to build a house in Miami. I want to retire rich. That's not the goal of your marriage. Your marriage goal is to get your spouse to heaven. That people don't know what it is. Even within the church, a lot Mm -hmm. of people who get married, I'm interested in your comments because I am, I'm flabbergasted, but I'm not flabbergasted at the divorce rate. The divorce rate is a direct result of, I don't know what marriage is. Part of the fault of that is the church itself. But the other part of it, it's what's being taught by the witness of Catholics being married to their children. And frankly, they go on, many of them who get become very successful. They go to great schools like Georgetown, Notre Dame, Holy Cross, Boston College, and they repeat the same stuff. And then they're shocked when their marriage stinks. They're shocked when their kids aren't Catholic. Your thoughts? Well, as it relates to the film or just the topic of marriage? In general, because we're talking about the relationship between Barbie and Ken, and it sounds like it's not, frankly, like functional. You know what I'm saying? Like in the sense. Well, I, I think that in, in the movie, Ken is in love with the Barbie, with, with the main actress of Barbie, uh, Ryan Gosling's character of Ken. And she doesn't love him back. She's she's really trying to find herself and who she is and what does it mean to live in the real world versus Barbie land. Uh, so I didn't think that was all that bad. I, I think, as a matter of fact, I think it was positive because she was telling him, I'm sorry I took you for granted, but I don't love you the way you love me. And we need to. The, Another good message that came out of the movie was we need to find who we are and where we fit in. So there was this search for wholeness. There was a search for identity. And I thought that was good. I thought that was a good message that, okay, we have to be honest here with each other in terms of our relationship. The issue of marriage did not come up. I think the whole idea, my take from the film was that everything that the world gives us in terms of radical feminism and on the other end of that, male patriarchy, right? Um, that those two things, when they're taken to extremes, are not good. There has to be a balance there. And that's what the church is. The church is all about balance. Now, again, the issue of marriage wasn't a theme there, but there were a lot of good themes about motherhood, which I thought were really important. But in the whole issue of marriage, I think you're absolutely right. And my husband and I have been talking about this a lot lately because we're giving a, a presentation the next week at our parish we're doing a date night and we're talking about our journey and we've got a, a crisis in our own family where, um, and I could say this because I know my brother-in-law doesn't listen to my show, but we have a, a relative of ours, uh, my husband's brother, who is probably going to be going through a divorce and they didn't reach out. They, they were raised Catholic as we were, got a beautiful Catholic marriage. Things were going well. They were in the church. They were going to mass. They were praying. The minute they started to get successful, they were on the same trajectory as we were. That's what happened to us. You know, we were in the church, we we're going to mass, we got successful, we fell away, we, we left God in the rearview mirror. That's happening in my own family. And it's it's really hard to see that. And we've got to reach out to people, we've got to get back to basics. And there there's very little um, upkeep of marriage. We keep up our houses, we keep up our diets, we try to be healthy, we go to the doctors, but we get married and then we walk away from it in the sense of, oh, we're fine. We got married in the church, so then everything's going to be wonderful. And we go, you know, think we're going to go off sailing into the sunset. But getting back to the movie, I think the message is about treating each other kindly and learning about each other. I think that was positive. 
But in terms of marriage overall, we've got so much work to do. I mean, again, you know, here Dominic and I are, he's a deacon, I'm, I'm a talk show host, and we do marriage ministry all the time. And we're seeing it in our own family, exactly what you described. There's a lot of work that we have to do with marriage. I like the way you described it, Teresa Tamios. We got to get back to basics. Basics. Yeah. We got to get back. We're complicating these things a little bit. You see, prior generations, I don't hold them up as an ideal. I'm not saying things were perfect. Far from it. They had their problems. But kind of like when it came to marriage, they stuck with the ABCs. That's why the divorce rate within our lifetimes was significantly lower than it is right now. Whereas you know, you know, even my mother and father, who fought like cats and dogs, okay, um, but they kept with the basics. Let's stay with mm-hmm. the ABCs. That's why they were married up to the time my father passed away for forty years, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the way you put that. One thing I did want to comment on because you mentioned the women from King of Queens and from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. That that makes yeah. me think in my mind um, back to the nineteen seventies. I'd like to take those women. I'd like to I'd like to take those characters and put them on Little House on the Prairie. This way, and then if you think you're going to run that house out in the wilderness where the snow is three feet high and you got to go out there and you got to go get food for the kids, uh, let's see if you're running the household now or if you want Michael Landon doing it for you. That's just my two cents there. Um, So let me ask you this. Do you think, um, I, I, I don't know how to put this. Are there expectations? See, Barbie, the criticism of Barbie itself, going back in the day when Barbie's just a doll, not a movie, all right, um, is that, you know, we said, or, or I don't know who's setting these lofty standards, or the criticism is, well, the Barbie doll is this real ideal, the, the way a woman should be. She's pretty, she's blonde, she's this, she's that. Do you sense that there is, like, with things like Barbie and Barbie, the concept of Barbie itself, it creates an expectation for young girls that they can't live up to. Okay, um, that would be like me trying thinking in my mind I could I could have a body like Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was 25 years old. Ain't gonna happen. But then in my mind, I don't create that expectation for myself. Do you think Barbie as a doll, which is obviously marketed to young girls? Okay, let's face it, um, is creating a false expectation that if these girls don't reach that, then maybe that leads to depression and other other negative things. What are your thoughts on that, Teresa? Oh, yeah, I've done a ton of research on that for, for my different books, including my very first book, Noise. Uh, I would think in the very beginning, yes, but that started to be noticed by, by Mattel. And so Mattel did make an effort, and this came out in the film, where they had different types of Barbies. And even in the movie, there were Barbies. They were all attractive, but they were different shapes and sizes, which I thought was was really good in terms of that we all have different shapes and sizes, right? Nobody's a perfect size two with a, you know, a 21-inch waist. So I think that was very good. And over the years, instead of just the stereotypical Barbie with the blonde hair and, you know, the real tight dresses and everything, they started to develop all sorts of Barbies. They had Barbie as a nurse, Barbie as a doctor, Barbie as an astronaut, Barbie as a flight attendant, uh, even addressing uh, Barbies uh, or, or people who have, for example, disabilities. They would have Barbie maybe in a wheelchair or something else. So I think they were aware of that and they realized that it was causing problems and image problems and they started to change it. But overall, that's still a huge issue. I mean, it's, it's really... In terms of women, there was an article that came out a few years ago on Glamour Magazine that said women have at least six to 10 negative thoughts a day about their bodies and what they look like. And I'm guilty of it, right? We always think we're we're to this, we're to that. I don't like my hair. I don't like my face. I don't like my size. Women are very hard on themselves. And a lot of that now has to do with imagery on social media because people are putting forth a lot of fake images or altering their photos and everybody wants to look like this person or that person. But I do think in this movie, they did bring out 
the fact that women do come in all shapes and sizes and colors. I think that was well done as well as the men, even though the men were more the boy toy types, but that's a huge issue still today. And that brings me to the, to the monologue from America Ferrara. This is the monologue that has just gone viral. And just let me read it to you if, if you don't mind, sure. because this is, she's, she's having this discussion and America Ferrara's character is the secretary to the head of Mattel, who's played by, I can't think of his um, name. He's the actor who played an elf. Well, what is his name? Really? Actually comedian. Anyway, you probably know who he is. Will, Will so she's, Yes. Yes. And so she's talking about how difficult it is to be a woman to Barbie because she's, I don't want to give the whole movie away, but she is intimately in terms of how Barbie comes to, into the real world. She's connected to America, America Ferrara, the actress who plays the secretary. And she says to Barbie, it's literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful, speaking to Barbie, and so smart. And it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but also you have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids too much. You have to be a career woman, but also be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane, but if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women. But always stand out and always be grateful. Never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's contradictory. And nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but everything is also your fault. And she closes with, I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all that is also true for a doll, just representing women, then I don't even know. So this monologue in the movie went viral, and this is the one that the feminists are talking about. And I think that that is a, a really good message, because what does it say? In everything that women have accomplished, in everything that feminism is supposed to be given us, and I'm not talking about the new feminism and true feminism within the church. I'm talking about the feminism out there in the world. But if feminism has done so much for women, why in the world is this monologue in this movie? And so I think the end game is, is the message of what feminism in the world has given us stinks and it's not all it's cracked up to be. So I think that's a really good point. And to your question about is this, is this a problem? It's still an issue, obviously, because these women in this, in this film, right, are realizing they don't add up to what the world no, expects. Teresa, we only have a minute or so before the break or a couple minutes before the break, but let me ask you, who create, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I'm not making a statement here. I'm asking a, a legit question. Who created those expectations? Because I don't feel like as a man, just a normal guy, I don't feel like I did. I never had those expectations of women. In my house, all the Italian women in, in, in North, Newark, New Jersey, okay, nobody was Barbie. Nobody wanted to be Barbie. You wanted to be a mother. You wanted to be a. You wanted to be a wife. You wanted to be a good wife. The husbands wanted to be go just go out and go to work and live a good life. Now I'm not saying that, that, that it was it was it was you know the Garden of Eden, okay? But I didn't. I never met anybody who wanted to be Barbie. And so my question: Who created these expectations that this that this character is talking about? Madison Avenue. <laughs> Madison but then Avenue whose fault is that? Right. But then whose fault is that? 
Right. Then, then, well, then, then, then go boycott yeah. Madison Avenue and then and stop preaching. Here's my thing. And stop preaching to the rest of us. I'm sorry, Teresa. Keep going, please. Now, I was just going to say, I mean, it's the culture. It's like everything else, right? They put something out there and people you know, aspire to it. And you look at even with this film, Barbie, all the pink that's out there now, everything is Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. Everywhere you go, people are having birthday parties themed, uh, Barbie birthday parties. My hairdresser was going to a Barbie party and we were laughing about it. She hadn't seen the movie yet, but her daughter did. And I was actually thrilled that her daughter wasn't crazy about the film. She thought it was okay, like I did. But that, you know, that's the whole thing we face. It's it's Madison Avenue that that, it, and even if you look at Cosmopolitan magazine, the Cosmo woman was an invention, right? It wasn't even a Cosmo woman that actually lived. They invented her to drive people to buy the magazine and to think that this life of having sex with anybody anytime, right? The Cosmo girl, right? That that was what you're supposed to do. So they created this idea and put the demand out there. You know, to, to to create and and to sell more product. So that's what happened. Absolutely, in my opinion. Yeah, Teresa, real quick before we go to the break, and we'll we'll mention it again later. Um, social media. Where can our audience members find you? Listen to you. See what you got going on. And the best thing is, uh, you know, it's it's Facebook at Mrs. Teresa Tamio. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Everything you can get through my main website, which is TeresaTamio.com. Everybody out there, make sure you go do a search for Teresa Tomeo, T-O-M-E-O, and like, subscribe, and share because Teresa always has great content. So if you're just joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, we are discussing Be Inspired by the Blessed Mother, which we need to get, get to our Blessed Mother in the next segment, not by Barbie. But Teresa's being very objective about it, and, and we're learning a lot, as we always do from Teresa. This is a great conversation, so stick around. We'll be right back. Catholic Radio Works. And now we have it here in Connecticut and New York. It's been seen around the country that there's no better tool for evangelization. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So let people know you're listening to Veritas. Tell your friends to tune in. And let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Resinello. We are way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, and we're having a great discussion with Teresa Tamio, and we are discussing Barbie, but why we should be inspired by the Blessed Mother and not by Barbie. Joe Resinello. I want to talk about the Barbie monologue um, a little bit, because everything that you read, Teresa, there's a lot of truth to it, and that's why it went viral. I mean, people related to those expectations. That's why millions of people listen to it. And I want to talk about that because as Catholics, ultimately, we're just made of flesh and blood, and we're susceptible to things just like everybody else is. How do we combat those ideas? And I'm going to throw this out to both of you, is we have to put on the armor of Christ. Ultimately, I'm a firm believer in being in the world and not of the world. We are to be a light to the nations, Catholics, we are to show people by our life's example that there is a better way, and that example points to Jesus Christ, not to ourselves. How do we do that? Because we're made of flesh and blood. Very easy. Put on the armor of Christ. How do we do that? We live a sacramental life. We pray daily. We pray with our spouse. We go to confession. We fast. We give alms. We talked about getting back to basics. That's how we do it. And this is what I'm going to end with, and then I'm going to put it to both of you. You can't put on the armor of Christ without doing that. You cannot resist the world. I have learned this as a married man and a father of five, that I am weak 
and that the world is stronger than me and the devil is real and he can crush me. But when I stand with God and I do those things, he can't. And I can resist them and I can be victorious and I can keep him out of my house, but alone we can't. Talk about that because that monologue is real. But the resistance, I think people are trying to stand on their own strength and they're failing. Well, I think I think the monologue is very truthful. And again, as I said, I think the good thing about it is that it shows the weakness in the world and that the world isn't all it's cracked up to be. And as she's looking at this perfect Barbie, who is still a doll at this point in the film, and Barbie can't live up to these expectations because Barbie is going through this whole crisis trying to figure out what the heck's going on in the film then what does that mean? And so it leaves that question out there, which I think is really important. And when I was listening to that monologue, I thought of Jesus and the way he looks at women. I mean, in my book, Extreme Makeover, I talk about this. I think about the Blessed Mother. Jesus loves us for who we are, right where we're at, but he doesn't want to keep us there. He doesn't want us to stay there. So he's always going to try to draw us closer to him once we say yes to him and do all those things, Joe, that you just mentioned. But again, I think that this is a real highlight in the film of how messed up the world is. And my hope and prayer is that women will start thinking about this, especially those who are fallen away Catholics, and look to women, such as, of course, the greatest woman who ever walked the earth, our Blessed Mother, and see how she lived her life in, you know, self-sacrificially, giving everything, being there, and just being gentle and humble. So I think that is a real, I think, eye-opener for people. That's what I'm praying and hoping you go to see this film. And we need, again, as we were saying earlier, to get back to the basics. And I kind of think that's what this movie is in some ways trying to say. And the director, uh, the, the woman who directed the film is actually raised Catholic. And it's interesting. We don't know if she practices her faith. She mentioned it in some interview that she got some of it from her Catholic faith. But I think there's little elements that are seeping in here, you know, because in terms of if you look at this monologue, Jesus, if Jesus were sitting there talking to Barbie, or if he was talking to American Ferraris, America Ferraris character, whomever he would be speaking to, he would be speaking to all of us the same. I love you. You deserve better. You deserve me, not the world. There's a much better place for you to be, and that's in relationship with me and the church. I created you. I think you're beautiful. I want to help you be the best you can be. That's not what the world is telling us. And I think that was an important point in film. And I, and I, I, that's what I got. That's what I drew from it. And why I say, look to the Blessed Mother and look to the church and look most importantly to Christ. Absolutely. Teresa Tommy is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Teresa, let me ask you this. The, 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 the sexual revolt of the 1960s, okay? Mm -hmm. Joe and I are of the opinion we're not alone in this. We've heard, obviously, many, many, many people say it. Is the, is the root cause of all our problems right now, particularly in America, Okay. I am of the opinion, not because I'm Catholic, I would say it objectively if I wasn't Catholic, okay? The Catholic Church has and Catholic teaching has always been the target of the sexual of, of the feminists. You mentioned the radical feminists, okay? Um, talk about them, the radical feminists, creating this, this unrealistic expectation. Let me give you a quick example, and I'll throw it over to you. I am of the opinion that Madonna, who is not a very good singer, okay, who is not a very good dancer, was a put-up job. She was a put-up job. They made her famous so she could appeal to young Catholic girls, okay, um, as a woman who grew up Catholic, okay, that you could be like her, sexually liberated, rich, blah, 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 all these things. You want to talk about how many women have destroyed their lives by buying into that false narrative, all right? Talk about that end of the creating the false expectation 
on on the coming from let's say that radical feminist point of view that if you contracept if you have a abor- if you have abortions you live the hookup culture don't get married don't even worry about kids how about by the time these women are probably 35 or 40 years old they're going what have i done what have I done? Teresa, I'm throwing it over to you. Well, I, I think it's, you know, Madonna was just one of many that, that came out, you know, of our generation. And Madonna is from southeastern Michigan, right? She's mm-hmm. she's from my area. And if there's, if, I actually worked with her brother in radio at one point. Her brother was a disc jockey, and I worked at the radio station with him, Martin Ciccone. But it's it's very sad. And I, I pray for Madonna all the time because I, she, I think she still struggles with her spirituality because she's been searching for so long, so many different avenues of, of this, you know, faith and that faith. And I just want to say, Sister, go back to your roots. You know, go back to Catholicism. Go talk to your father because I think your father is still a practicing Catholic, if if I'm not mistaken. But Madonna bought into the lies too, right? I don't think she was. I don't think she was a put up though. I think she was a very smart businesswoman and she wanted to make a lot of money and she did. And I agree. I don't think she's she's nearly as talented, let's say, in Adele or uh, or someone with, with with a real voice. You know. Uh, so I think she made herself into this icon and she was very determined to do it. She was, you know, and it is one smart cookie business wise. But again, this whole idea of extremes, you've got the extreme where people felt that they were too restricted in the 50s. And so in the 60s, they said, we're going to go the opposite way. And we're still suffering for that. I mean, if you go back and we've talked about this before, if you look at Humana Vitae, which I think is one of the most prophetic encyclicals we've ever had from St. Pope Paul VI, it talks in that document. Yes, about contraception. Yes, about abortion. Yes, about what would happen to the relationship between husband and wife. But what he also talks about, which is very significant in this film, and you can hear it in that monologue, is that women are going to be the ones who are going to be suffering from all of this. The same women that are promoting this lifestyle and this freedom are going to be the ones who are hurt. And we see that all over the place. If we, we look at broken relationships, you were talking about divorce earlier, the breakdown of marriage, the breakdown of the family. Why is depression skyrocketing? Why are suicides? There was another report that just came out about suicides. Epidemic of loneliness that the Surgeon General put out earlier this year. Why is that such a problem if everything that the world is offering is so great? And even though this is pretty watered down and simple in this movie, that message comes out as well. It, it isn't, Barbie land isn't perfect. Extreme feminism with women in charge of everything, that's not perfect either. Neither is it with men treating women badly. There's gotta be some sort of, balance here. And so I think the thing that was missing in this film is offering a solution. At the end of the day, you know, Barbie does realize that, you know, she wants to stay in the real world. And I hope I'm not ruining for anybody, but you can get that pretty much if you write a review of the film. But I think there still needs to be a deeper answer in terms of not living for yourself, which was not in the film. So uh, again, you can't, you can't beat what the church teaches. You could just look around at the world and Father Spitzer does this so well uh, on Father Spitzer's universe on EWTN. All the research that he puts in his books, that isn't, the the research is not religious, it's secular research to back up church teaching. Just look at the epidemic of of, uh, STDs and STIs out there. Every year, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control says, we have sexually transmitted diseases at epidemic proportions, and it keeps getting worse. And yet, what do they say? Throw more birth control at it. We've had birth control, as you said, right, in terms of the pill and everything else since the 60s. Right. And where are we? Are we any better off? Where is the point of saying that I need to basically have some self-control? I need to save sex for marriage between a man and woman. Sex is not bad. God created it, right? It's a beautiful thing, but there's a place for it. So that kind of message is that need to be said weren't in the 
film, obviously, because it wasn't coming at it from from a faith perspective, I think. Teresa Tamio, there you go being naughty again, using words like self-control and how people need yeah, to exercise right? some. You know, you're a naughty, naughty girl. Um, Teresa Tamio is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Two quick comments. I'm going to hand it over to Joe. One is that Joe talked about the sacraments. Um, we, we, there, there's hope and disp- uh, hopelessness and despair in this country. Forget about even the sacraments. Because you talk about drinking the Kool-Aid, a lot of the younger generation has drank the Kool-Aid of the Sam Harris's and the Christopher Hitchens and all those mm-hmm. people. They don't even they, they can't get to the sacraments because they don't even believe in God. They don't believe right. in any meaning and purpose in life, which we know what that ultimately leads to for a lot of people. And I will right. say that the one good thing, not one good thing, um, I li- like to think in my prayer life, I try to I try to be. I try to remember as many things as I can, but I did take a page. You mentioned it earlier uh, from uh, Father Benedict Rochelle. So when I pray the rosary, I pray for the conversion of all people, but I always have a list of people who I want to see either convert or revert to the Catholic Church. Madonna, I always pray for her because Father Benedict Rochelle always prayed for her. Every day he prayed for her reversion and 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 her awakening so i took a page from him because you know like you said Teresa, i don't think she's so far gone i don't yeah. i don't think, I think anybody is i mean no, I if god can save my marriage and turn my life around you could say you could save anybody including madonna and, and let me just jump in here because i think the reason why i went to see the movie is because I, I know that my nieces have seen it i know a lot of my friends who are falling away have seen it and i did read a lot of really good reviews from catholics on it not that they were raving about the film but they said there was some uh, there were some really good points as I tried to bring out, and I agree with that. I also think it's a good talking point because if you've seen the movie and you know what, what the movie is about, and now that I see it from a Catholic perspective, you can have a conversation with somebody and say, well, I thought it was pretty cool that they showed the reality of the real world, that the real world, life is messy, but that's okay because she comes to realize at the end she wants to be there. She wants to be where she has to deal with things in a real way. And this perfect world of looking like Barbie and thinking that everything is, is wonderful is really plastic and meaningless. And so then you could say, bring it up, say, yeah, you know, I get a lot of that from my faith. And that's why I'm, I'm Catholic and this is why I do that. So it does allow you to enter into conversations from a cultural perspective. And some Somebody who isn't there yet, you can gradually kind of use this movie if you've seen it, or even if you haven't seen it, maybe you've just read some things about it to bring up some points because there were some very good uh, reviews. Amy Wellborn had an excellent review out there and she liked the film. She had some of the same points that I did. So you could use this as a basis to have a discussion and to engage. Now that's not to say for every film, because there's a lot of trash out there that I would not spend my money to see or support it, right? You don't have to go see, as I said earlier in the interview, I don't have to go see a pornographic film to realize it's trash, okay? There's just some things that we should not be engaging in as as not just Catholics, but as decent human beings, right? Hmm. But in this particular case, I thought, well, okay, I, I think I want to go see it because it is, I mean, it's brought in so much money and so many people are talking about it. And because of that monologue and because of my interest in helping women realize what real feminism is, and that's being in relationship with Christ where men and women are equal, we're equal but different, and we all have different talents and we're able to bring forth those talents. And maybe some women are going to be at home, some women are going to work, maybe some women are going to do both. The church has endless opportunities for women. Pope Francis has said that. John Paul II said that in his letter to women, Emiliaris Dignitana, the dignity and vocation of women. So I think there are some really redeemable points that we could pick up on that really reinforce what we believe as Catholics and Christians. Joe Racinello. I want to talk about like what you said. I want to just expand on a little bit and get both your comments. You basically said like the movie brings up some good topics and many of the things you said are good 
to, to think about and to talk about. Very important. I want to also talk about how it doesn't give you the solution. Now, obviously, right. the three of us, what we do uh, on our shows, respectively, is give that solution. And, you know, I'm not going to say we're the best at it, but we, we, we all do a pretty good job. You know what I mean? We put forth <laughs> the faith. We know the faith. We communicate the faith. And we say that's the answer. Yeah. Teresa, we talked to so many people. Honestly, we're blessed, Joe and I. We've talked to uh, Father Spitzer, phenomenal book from a sociological perspective. We've talked to Bill Donahue. He broke down. He's a sociologist, PhD, talked about right. the crisis yeah, of the priesthood, yeah. lays that out. And if you ask me phenomenally, all the answers are there, yet they're ignored. They're ignored. Now, I want to talk about that. Pope Francis has said something that has resonated with me. You're never going to argue someone into the church. Right. And I agree with him because I've tried. Tucker so Carlson I. recently <laughs> has said this when he went to the Heritage Foundation. He said, I actually thought that if I throw all the facts out, it'll change the situation. And it didn't work. He's right. right. Now I'm going to flip it. We, uh, Father uh, Dwight Longendecker wrote a book, Beheading Hydra. In it, he addresses that. And what he says is this, that the world, we're at a point where the facts, all the knowledge, it doesn't matter. We need witness. You see, mm -hmm. I always say this, particularly with men. Men believe what they see. They believe what they see. And I think we have to be transformed. We that's true accompaniment. I walk with you. We're not on the same page right now, but we're friends. I'm going to be your friend, but I'm going to show you something. And then we're going to talk. Right. You're going to see it. Talk about that, because there lies. If you ask me the answer, we have all the answers, but we have to show them by our lives. Then they're going right. to listen to them. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was Pope Paul VI who said the world is hungry for um, for good witnesses or good teachers, but they won't listen unless they're good witnesses. You know, if they're if they're not going to listen to a good teacher unless they're a good witness. And I, you know, I am so convinced now. I'm so glad you brought that up. The more I'm out there, the more I speak, the more I'm on the radio, the more I'm dealing with even Catholics who listen to Catholic Connection on EWTN. The more I realize it is about that one-on-one -on -one personal relationship and walking with people now. As Archbishop Shaphew says, one of my favorite teachers, contemporary teachers in America, we walk with them. We don't walk them off a cliff. As you just said, we're going to accompany them. But Jesus wants to move us to where we are so we can have a full life with him and, and hopefully, hopefully you know, be with him in heaven, right? That's the ultimate goal. But at the end of the day, it is how are you treating people? Are you are you kind? Are you living the faith? Are you joyful? And we, my husband and I had a huge example of this just recently. We're spending, as you know, a lot of time, more time in Italy since he's retired because we believe that pilgrimage and the joy and the beauty of pilgrimage is really what, what helps people, one of the big ways it helps people come into a relationship with God and the church. And so we're doing a lot more of those types of trips, especially to Italy, because that's our, our favorite place for many reasons, both the faith and, and our Italian heritage. But there's a young couple that's helping us with some of the projects that we're doing in Italy. And when they first saw our bios that Dom was a deacon and then I'm a Catholic talk show host, they were kind of taken back thinking that, oh my gosh, these two are going to be these, these weirdos. They're going to be judgmental of us because she was raised Catholic, this young woman, and she fell away. Her husband is Romanian Orthodox, a young couple from Romania who are now living in Italy. And they've come together with us in some projects that they're helping us with, as I said. And so we've just gotten to know them, invited them out to dinner, 
uh, you know, talked to them about what we do. Didn't, you know, we, they asked us about our faith. We told them we didn't, you know, pour it over on them. We were just kind to them. And we got to know them a little bit more and a little bit more. And she said to us, she said, you are unlike any religious people we've ever met. She says, I really thought when I was looking at your website and your bio that you were going to judge us, you were going to look down on us. She says, we've never met Catholics like you ever. And very soon they started to hang out with us more. And one night they came over and they started to talk and it was very clear about how they were treated. And I'm not justifying them leaving, but it was very clear they were treated poorly in different situations by people in the church, both uh, Adrian's church and Adriana's church, Adriana's Catholic. And that left a mark on them and it hurt them very badly. Again, I'm not saying that that's just justifying leaving the church, but they were not witnessed too well. They were not shown love. And they both come from, I found out, some very um, interesting backgrounds in terms of a broken family. So there's already hurt there. And so being a witness, loving people, being kind, to me, being joyful and starting there, that's where it begins. Again, I mean, I love to quote the catechism. I love to quote scripture. I love apologetics. It's one of the things that brought me back. I mean, I'm an investigative reporter. When I started to look at the faith and I started to read and investigate and, and study scripture, and I have a very good memory, so I can quote scripture, chapter and verse. But what really matters is relationship. How are you? How are you being? Are, how are you living that faith? Is it just book material? Is it just head knowledge? Or are you really loving people? And that, that's where it begins. And that, I think, is what's going to change the world. I think right now, guys, we are back in the book of Acts. The way the world is so messed up, where everything is so crazy, even five years ago, could we have imagined with this whole transgender ideology how out of control the situation has been? So I think we have to hunker down, not stay in our little protective circles, obviously be prayerful and get the sacraments and build up and put on the armor of God, as you said, but it is going to be with relationship and witness, as Father Longenecker said, that we are going to change the world. Do I believe we have to vote for conservatives who are pro-life? Absolutely. Do I believe that we have to be out at the abortion mills? Absolutely. Do I, absolutely. All those things in the public square. But if you think about it, okay, so we get good politicians in. That's what, for another four years or two years, depending on their term, or judges. Those are all things that are important. But the real thing that is going to change the world is exactly what happened 2,000 plus years ago after Jesus, right, resurrected and then ascended. And the apostles were told, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel, right? Baptizing around the world, north, south, east, and west. And they did that with such a small group of people and change the world because of their love and their witness. And I think that's where we have to be right now to be able 100%. to meet people over there. You know? I agree. Yeah. And what I'll say is this, um, in order to do that, we have to transform ourselves. We have to be transformed. That's right, we because we'll never of, do yeah. it. Yeah. I'll tell you like an, a story like that that blew me away. Uh, Missionaries of Charity in New York City, there was a woman who lived in a boarding house, and she was in bad shape. She, they didn't lecture her. And what they did, they cleaned her house. Mm -hmm. No lectures. They cleaned her house and did her laundry. Yeah. Humble service, loving kindness. I don't care who you are. I don't care right. what you believe in. I don't care. I care about you. You're in a bad way and I'm going to help you. We'll talk about that later. Right now, I'm going to help you. You see, you're not going to argue anyone into the church. It goes back right. to what we're saying. And and to be truthful with you, and I see this, you know, like there's a lot of people on the internet 
And some of them are just nasty. Nasty. Yeah. And there's Teresa, they're nasty. Of, yeah. There's particular groups of, of Catholics that run particular websites nasty. that do nothing, yeah, do nothing but attack the church. They do nothing but attack the church and the leaders. And I'm not, not saying there's there's that we can't bring to light some of these issues. We have to, and we have to keep it out there. But who wants to join a church? where people are nothing but Mr. and Mrs. Grumpy Pants and always complaining. That doesn't sound like a loving place where I want to be. I get it. Well, no, I, 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 I will say this in, in that regard, because Joe and I always said, if, if there's a legit criticism of a particular prelate or, or, or something that the USCCB does, we'll talk about it. Okay. Fine, but talk I'm about with- it, but you don't, you, just, you don't just focus on the negative. I mean, you can't ignore all the good that many of our priests and deacons and leaders do. And from the beginning of the church, there have been bad apples. I mean, look at the apostles are crying out loud. They weren't they weren't exactly perfect. And Jesus had Judas. And you look in the early church, you look at different popes, you look at you know the, what what the saints dealt with, what the Augustines and, and the Saint Teresa of Avila and the Saint John Vianese and the Padre Pio, what he dealt with, and, and the corruption he ran into and how he was treated. So yes, you have to address it, but you can't stay focused on the negative. That is not going to be a witness. I mean, look, we, with, with the abuse crisis, that's still plaguing us, I think, even though the church has done a very good job of addressing it and setting up a system of dealing with it. And this abuse is not only in the Catholic churches, we know, but the Protestant churches, the evangelical churches, in some ways, it's worse than us in terms of how long they've been. They had this problem as well. But right. the church has done a good job of addressing it. But we still have to we still have to make sure that we're that we're being kind and understand there's a lot of people who are hurt about a lot of things. And yes, the abuse crisis is number one. But there are people who are hurt by maybe someone, and I'm not saying it's 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 correct to, to walk up and leave the church because of this or the other thing, but people are very sensitive, and we have to be loving, and we don't know where people come from. We don't know where they're coming from, and I've found that since COVID, people are a lot more sensitive. I don't know if it's because they were isolated for so long, but people are just raw right now, and they need a lot of love. Yeah, uh, I mean, no question about it. Teresa Tomio is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We were discussing a lot of things. Uh, the primary topic was Barbie. We were talking about the Barbie movie. Uh, let me ask you this, Teresa. We're on the subject of the church. You uh, alluded to it earlier. Uh, Pope St. John Paul II wrote the 1995 papal letter to women. Why don't you mm-hmm. highlight a couple of salient points uh, for our audience from that letter that the Pope wrote? Oh, that's one of my favorite documents. And it's so beautiful because the papal letter to women was written in response to a worldwide women's conference that was going on. Uh, and it was all about abortion and promoting things that were contrary, not only to the church, but things that the Pope knew um, were going to be bad for women. And so he wrote this beautiful letter and he apologizes to women for any harm that the church, first of all, he says he's sorry for any harm that the church may have brought to women over the centuries. And then he goes through all these different roles that women have in the world, and he thanks them. Thank you, women who are mothers. Thank you, women who are religious sisters. Thank you, consecrated virgins. Thank you, women who work. Thank you, women who are sisters in the family. He goes through this whole list and thanks women. And if you didn't know, if you were just to take the title out and the author of that letter, if you were to read it, you would think that a feminist, a woman wrote that letter, because that's how sensitive it is to women. And it also talks in this document, in the paper letter to women, about the need, guess what? Equal work, equal pay. And that women who work and women who have children deserve to make sure that they're able to, to do both. They shouldn't have to worry about, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but they shouldn't have to worry about their job suffering because they have to rush home to their children and vice versa. So it's just such a women's lib document, and it was written by a pope. 
The Papal Letter to Women, 1995. It's a quick read. It's a great, great document to have. All right. Teresa Tomio is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We probably only have about a minute left. Teresa, why don't you, why don't I, I give you the floor, just a couple parting thoughts, anything you might want to impart to our audience out there at the Veritas Network, particularly women. Well, I think the Barbie movie is fun, but I also think, you know, it's not, I didn't think it was a great film. I thought it was a fun film. I thought it made some good points, but I think if you're going to go see the film to all the women and men out there, because I think men might want to see it too with their wives or with their, their girlfriends or even with their daughters, if their daughters are going to see it. When you see these messages and when you hear the monologue from the actress America Ferrara, think about how the church views women. Think about what I just said about the papal letter to women and how, think about how, even though the movie does have some redeemable points, what is the answer? It really doesn't give an answer. What is the answer? Who is the answer? I think you'll walk out of that film realizing, wow, I'm really blessed to be Catholic. And this, I think that this movie in many ways upholds, even though it's not a Catholic film at all, it upholds the dignity of women in the sense that what the world has been giving us is not all it's cracked up to be. Where we need to find our hope is in a relationship with God and to look to Our Lady and all the great saints and the teachings for true meaning and true happiness. Absolutely. Teresa, where can our audience members uh, follow you, whether it's social media, your website, Tease Italy, you know, let us know. Everything is on the main page, even a link to the Tease Italy, travelitalyexpert.com at teresatomio.com. It's got all my social media links there as well. Thanks, guys. Always great to talk with you. And it's always great to talk with you, Teresa Tamio. Thanks for joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank you all out there for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Download the app, share it with your friends. You'll have access to all of our station's content. And please, wherever you see Joe and I on social media, particularly Rumble and Twitter. Rumble, Twitter, at with Joe and Joe, Frontline with Joe and Joe. Like, subscribe, share, follow, do all that fun stuff. Help us out. Thanks again for joining us. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation. And that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.